My arsehole just puckered up just saying that word. Oh, uh, honestly, mate, oh. I, I feel sick. Hello and welcome to the Platts, Beans and Peebies podcast, Fitness Without the Bullshit. And uh, I am one of your hosts, Rob, or Robert, Rob Beanie. Fucking, what? why can't I introduce myself properly? I mean, <laughs> I, this is really painful. <laughs> that was a beautiful introduction. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. so horrible. <laughs> Rob, um, Robert! <laughs> <laughs> and I am here with Sophie Jane Scott, do you like to go via your full three-barreled middle name and everything? Yeah, name? go for it. Yeah, I quite like that. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, brilliant. <laughs> what a great introduction. So, oh, I love that. Welcome to the first episode, everyone. Um, if you are listening to this on your audio device. In today's episode, we will be talking about five fitness myths that need to die. Oh, right. Oh, they certainly do, darling. Yeah, we are going to cover all of the bullshit, the, the crap that you've read online, things that gym bros pass around, basically all of the things that you've been told for years and years and years that finally just need to be banished because I know me and Rob are both extremely fed up and just pissed off in general that this shit is still floating around and that people still believe it because we have such a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips it seems very difficult to decipher what is legitimate and what isn't so today we are going to go through probably the five most talked about the five most passed around fitness myths that just need to fuck off <laughs> i couldn't have said it any better myself um <laughs> yeah these these myths are I mean, there are so many and this was really planning. This podcast episode was really difficult because we had so much stuff that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. So this episode will be focused on the really generic ones that, that I think um, pretty much everyone hears day to day, not just people um, that are athletes or have been going to the gym for 10 years or have a very specific goal in mind. These are ones that we feel can apply to the majority of, of, of people day to day. Um, yeah, and definitely. as Sophie said, um, I think these are ones that me and herself are really fucking fed up with hearing because they really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, and it just is some of these things can actually hinder progress more than anything else because they can cause stress or make things seem overly complex when they don't need to be um and so yeah these are some of the ones that we both get asked i think the most often and that you hear banded around the most often so um that's why we've chosen these ones specifically um, yeah i mean without the, further the ado oh sorry yeah go for it that's all right i was gonna say the five that we've decided on i mean we brainstormed we i think initially we had over 26 bullet points or 27 bullet points and the five that yep. we've ended up on are the ones that we've been asked pretty much day in day out for like the last month so it, be, it, it became more of a no-brainer the more we discussed it and went oh yeah i've heard that twice this week already so it's it's stuff that is isn't necessarily outdated it's stuff that we're still hearing right now so we know people are gonna continue to ask us so 
Here's us telling them why we think it's fucking stupid. Exactly. So, without further ado, shall we get started on the first first bullet point? Um, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, we're going in strong with this one as well. I think oh. this is one that uh, both of us absolutely hate with a passion um, <laughs> right. and it's 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 a singular word that you hear um said quite a lot and oh, that is the go. word toning oh. Mm. Oh. Oh, my God. arsehole just puckered up just saying that word oh. uh, honestly man, oh. I, I feel sick oh. <laughs> you know when so. your eyes water when you're a bit nauseous oh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you when you pluck a nose hair out <laughs> it's a bit raw <laughs> that's what hearing that word does to me and whenever, oh. whenever anyone uses the word tone um in the context oh. of health and fitness obviously or toning i mean i'm doing oh. it to myself i feel like someone's ripping my nostril hairs out right now it's uh, it's horrible why, why, why do it to myself <laughs> so to, Let's stop. To, clar- <sighs> to clarify yeah yeah we might need to spell it out like you would a dog when you need to Give it a B-A-T-H. <laughs> when, you want to take it for, when you want to take it out for a walk, but you don't want it to get excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or when you want to swear in front of a child. <laughs> oh, S-H-I-T, honestly. Oh, C-U-N. Yeah. Um, so, so, let's get back on track. The word, oh, the word toning. Um, yeah. To clarify what we mean about this, because I think, again, it's, it's one of these loose terms that people use. Now, the, the the most frequent way I, I hear it used is tone up. Like, I want to tone up. Yeah. Um, and to make it clear, what people normally mean by that is actually... A, they want to... It's kind of like saying get into shape. It's a very vague term that actually is the culmination of a few things. And what we understand by that now, by... By understanding where um, clients and people want to get to is it is the combination of building mus- muscle mass underneath and stripping body fat from over that muscle mass, which creates Bingo. that quote-unquote toned look that people see um, in movies, on athletes, or um, in the media. That's what people mean. The problem is, it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, I think the other way that it's used as well is speaking in terms of toning a muscle, um, oh, which is another thing that makes me feel a little bit sick inside. Did a vom? A little bit of little bit of stuff come out. Did a vom. Sophie, would you like to um, elaborate or speak about the um, toning in terms of musculature? Um, and why would, this may be a horrible to. term to use. Yeah, I mean, again, it's something that... It's probably the only other way that you hear of the term tone being used to say, oh, I'm, I'm going into to tone my legs or I'm going into tone my, my whatever. When, you know, we hear a lot of people go, I'm, I'm going to train legs three times a week because I really want to tone my legs. What you genuinely mean is you would like to develop a greater muscular structure and you would like to develop more lean tissue and increase something called hypertrophy or hypertrophy within that specific area which is an increase in muscle fiber 
and muscle size, you are not toning a muscle. That isn't a fucking thing. It means nothing. What you are doing is providing a stimulus and developing muscles in response to that stimulus. You are creating a response in response to what you've just done. The stimulus is your training weight. The response is developing more muscle to deal with that amount of weight that's being lifted. You haven't toned anything. You've worked something. So when you hear the, the terms, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going in to tone my abs or I'm going in to tone this or blah, 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 whatever. You're not going in to tone anything. What you're going in to do is break down a muscle fibre and rebuild it. You are restructuring something mm. or creating more of it. You are not toning it. Yes, it's going to change shape. Yes, it's going to change size. That isn't the definition of toning, however. It's the entire point of training in general. The fact that you want to go in to create a toned look and to tone a muscle is to change the visual of it. And that comes about by, you've just said it, changing it. So you have changed the shape of it and you've changed the physiology of it. It's different. It's not more or less toned. It's either bigger or smaller. That and is that's it. it. I was I was actually about to um, interject there a little bit to to basic to try and sort of in a simpler term state what you're trying to say or what you are saying in a very lovely way. Um, oh, yeah. And that is basically that a muscle, again simplistically put, can either grow or it can shrink. Exactly. And again, that's a very general term, but you can't change a, a tone of a muscle. It grows, exactly. it shrinks, that's it. Um, similar to body fat, you either gain body fat or you lose body fat. Um, and yeah, the combination exactly. of yes. the, both the, the muscle and the body fat is what dictates your level of leanness and what you look like. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, um, I think this also links on to, like you said, Sophie, when people go in to, and say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to tone my legs. And so therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use lighter weight um, and, and higher reps because that's what, oh. that's what tones muscle, right? Um, oh, and I don't want to lift too heavy because lifting heavy makes you bulky. And yeah, I did a bicep big. curl once, and honestly, my arms were like 30 inches. Like, fuck me, honestly. <laughs> Gotta be so careful with those things, you know? <laughs> I tripped, fell, and did a bicep curl. <laughs> Just landed in a dumbbell. <laughs> it sounds sounds like a song name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I mean... Would you like to, would you care to elaborate slightly on the whole, because um, I think it's worth noting this whole lightweight versus um, heavyweight uh, debate, or not even debate, but, um, uh, God, I can't even think of the word. Yeah, I mean, debate Arguments. would be one of them. Um, would you would you sort of care to elaborate on a bit more on the specifics as regards to, you know, what stimulus happens or or what people get from you know, lighter weight versus heavier weight or higher reps, lower reps. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a place for most things within training and within exercise in general. And and nobody is saying that you have to go 
heavy as possible, test your moment maxes every single session. We're not saying that that doesn't have a place. The whole lightweight versus heavyweight argument is one that has been around for fucking years. And it seems to be more rife within the female fitness community. I know particularly the whole heavyweight thing is, Mm. I don't want to lift heavy weights because it'll make me bulky. I haven't ever heard that from a guy. I've only ever heard that from women, particularly when it comes to client inquiries and and, and newer, maybe even younger girls starting the gym saying, I don't want to do heavy weights because it's going to make me bulky. Well, newsflash, I've been doing heavy weights for years and I'm still not bulky. So in your fucking dreams, love. It I mean, you've got some that. solid gains on you, to be fair. I mean, I mean, well, thank you very much, you know. I just, uh, just but set myself up for I th- that. I think this is a really interesting thing, actually, because it's worth noting that it's not the weights that got you there. It was Absolutely also not. the ridiculous amount of food that you have consumed over the years. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's, let's lay this out. If I right. were to create muscle mass... I can't create that muscle mass from nothing. I have mm. to have something to create that muscle mass. So if I provide, so the stimulus that I was talking about before, the stimulus that I'm referring to is the muscular tension, the mechanical tension, the the thing that I am applying to the muscle group that I am training. So for example, I am going to squat 80 kilos and I'm going to do it for eight. That is a stimulus to my legs and to other areas of my body. If that is a brand new stimulus, my muscles go, what the hell is that? What have I got to do here? So they therefore have to adapt in order to respond to this stimulus. And that adaptation comes about in a form of something called hypertrophy, which is a change in muscular size of the muscle fiber, which is an increase in the muscle fiber size. Therefore, my legs will get bigger, but guess what? It gets better. My legs cannot create new tissue and new muscle muscle mass and fibers from nothing. I have to have something there to create that brand new fiber and that size. And that is energy. And where do mm. we get energy from? And do not say the fucking earth. It's food. <laughs> it I you cannot categorically can not make new gains and gain weight in a calorie deficit. I don't care what anybody says. If they say, oh, I started dieting and I gained like six pounds of muscle tissue. Again, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, love, but you fucking didn't. What you did was likely drop some body fat and you revealed the muscle tissue that was already present. Yeah. You cannot build when you are technically trying to cut down. That's like building a brick wall and getting a hammer and gun, hey, <laughs> smashing the fucker down. Doesn't work like that. To build mass, we have to have energy and a supply of energy. If we're in a deficit, we are consuming less than we expend. Therefore, we don't have that energy to put into something because it isn't there. So how on earth do you expect to build new muscle tissue and new muscle mass if you haven't got a surplus of calories? It's just that simple. And anybody that says that, again, oh, uh, I dropped body fat when I was in a massive surplus. You didn't drop body fat in a massive surplus. I'm sorry, you didn't. It's physiologically impossible. You cannot defy the laws of physics. 
you can't build muscle mass in a deficit unless there are some extreme extreme cases that I don't want to get into too much but if you were an assisted athlete and you had the likes of anabolic steroids at hand which I am not condoning there are means and adaptations that can come about as a result of that but for 95 to 98% of people it's not going to happen so stop believing that it's going to yeah. happen I think the important thing here is just to, to clarify that if you are someone who is training, especially uh, a female, because like you said, Sophie, it is typically females that worry about that sort of stuff. Absolutely. If you are going to the gym and you're doing and you do weights, but you're not eating to support the goal of gaining mass, especially to an extreme, then you will not get bigger. You will not get bigger and you will not get bulky. Um, getting bigger and getting bulky, um, this, you know, how you don't want to get, is a combination well, first of all, actually, you could get bulky with just food, and that's yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's gaining fat. But if you lift weights and then you eat lots more food and you eat enough, you know, protein to recover, and you are in an um, excess of calories, then yes, you will get bigger. You will gain weight. But if you just lift weights and you st and you're eating fuck all calories, you will not get bigger because, as Sophie said, you don't have that. Um, the energy to make that happen not only that but you probably will end up running yourself into the ground because your body won't be able to recover anyway so exactly. i think that's so anything, a nice you're just gonna get a lot smaller yeah exactly so the girls ladies females however you would like to um put it it's not lifting weights that will cause you to get bulky um you can only get bulky if you eat a lot of calories as well same for guys. Like, I mean, I I hit a point recently where I couldn't, that I wasn't gaining any weight, and I was actively trying to eat over three thousand calories a day. Like, you need you need food, basically. But um, I think I think that's nice. I think that's a nice place to leave that specific myth. So, toning, not a thing, a buzzword that is thrown around and doesn't really mean anything. Um, you cannot tone a muscle. It just doesn't work. A muscle grows or it shrinks. Don't be afraid of heavyweights. Lifting heavyweights is awesome. Uh, it makes you feel pretty, pretty damn good and provides so many benefits that we won't get into now. Um, shall we, unless there's anything else that you want to add there, shall we move on to oh, number two? I think we have smashed toning into the ground, so that little bastard <laughs> can disappear. Smashed a bit of toning. So... <laughs> Number two on our list of fitness myths that need to die. I love mm. this one. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Eating every two to three hours will increase your metabolism. Oh. Also, if you don't eat every two to three hours, your body will starve and waste away and die oh. and you'll lose every bit of muscle mass that you've ever gained. I just love it. Honestly. <laughs> What you love, just, you love the myth, or you love how horrible oh, it just, makes you feel. Oh, I just, I just love it when I read it. I'm like, oh, you are such a fool. I just, honestly, it's my favorite I mean, thing in the world. When, when you hear people go, oh well, you know, I've got to have like a meal every two hours, even if it's like an eighty gram meal, I've got to have it every two hours because you know I've got to keep my metabolism firing. Oh, honey, you mm. are so wrong. I mean, oh, I think but, it is also uh, good to clarify that. You know, we, we don't think people are fucking stupid. 
Um, oh, God, no. Granted, there are some stupid people out there, but it's more... I think the reason why we get passionate about this this sort of stuff, these, these myths, is more because I think we're both angry that maybe we fell for them in the past. Not even fell for them, but it's what no, we were told. I was going to say... It's not even that you know who I, I think is fucking stupid. I think the people that release these statements for others to read, the people who don't do their research mm. and that release these statements, and especially now, like it's like, fine it's if it rife. was ten years ago and you're like, this is the research that yes. we have, or or this makes sense to us, and this is what we think happens. But now there is so much research. It's yeah, like if someone is still telling now. you this stuff, then. They don't. They're unaware of the progress that has been made, and so for me, just personally, if I was hiring a trainer um, or a coach or a nutritionist or X Y Z, and these things came up and they mentioned some of these things, or even a friend, if they said this, that would be a massive red flag for me, and I'd be oh, like, completely. I'm sorry, mate, I cannot continue with you because this thing that has proven to be bullshit is 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 just not. Um, that is my so, yeah. only issue. Uh, it's people that that don't do their research, and you know, someone that regards himself and markets himself as a fitness professional, and gives out duff advice like this. That has been, like, you know, this has been disproven so many times on so many occasions across so many different platforms. The fact that you are still preaching that advice to somebody who genuinely doesn't know any better and is coming to you because you are the more knowledgeable person. I think that's incredibly wrong. And I feel so sorry mm. for anybody that has to, that pays for that advice. Exactly. Wow, it's so sad. So, it's, eating every two to three hours. Themselves. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Sorry. I didn't realise the rant wasn't over. Oh, oh, I, was, I wasn't finished. No, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I can feel the I fury to, from all the way down I in need, London. I need to calm myself down a little bit. <laughs> so let's get on to the point. Um, eating yes. every two to three hours uh, increases your metabolism and for energy. And because, you know, you might waste away if you don't. Um, I will just um, sort of mention my, my take on this. Um, my understanding, not even my understanding, but is that your metabolism increases whenever you eat a meal, period. And the way that it, in or the amount that it increases is based on the size of that meal and not the frequency. So you could essentially say, well, yes, you know, eating every two to three hours does increase your metabolism. Say, because you, if you're eating the same amount of calories in a day and you spread that out in every two to three hours. Let's take, let's say that because they're smaller meals, that increases your metabolism by an amount of 10. It's an arbitrary number, but let's just put it out there. So you, get, you, have, you, eat, a, you eat a meal and your metabolism increases by 10. Then a few yeah. hours later, 10. A few hours later, 10. Now say if you eat... Well, let's let's do a sensible amount, like four meals or three meals and a snack or whatever. So let's say that total is 40. Well, if by having one bigger meal, the same amount of calories in a day, but you only had one meal, your metabolism might increase by or would increase by um, a rate of 40 instead. Now, again, there's nothing scientific about this. This is just a way of putting it that might make people kind of understand. you know. Yeah. yeah, how how metabolism works because because it's yeah. the same amount. They're eating a bigger meal, it increases by more. But 
that might sound like absolute horseshit, but I feel like it's a really simplistic way of getting uh, people to understand how metabolism works when they ingest food. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Would you like to... Is there anything on that specific, you know, the two to three hours thing that, that you would like to sort of include? I'd no, like to I hear your take he, on it. Yeah, I think you covered it really well. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an old school bodybuilding trick, really, isn't it? Because, you know, they say, oh, well... Um, you can only consume and you can only absorb um, 25 grams of protein per sitting or 30 grams of protein per sitting. So therefore, oh, what you a, have to that's do another is... another good one. Yeah, you have to eat every two hours because otherwise all that protein that you've eaten, it's only going to absorb... You're only going to absorb this amount. Dad, just stop talking. Bullshit. Seriously. Again, <laughs> I, I understand, you know, muscle protein synthesis. There is an optimal way to increase... Muscle protein synthesis. Since, since, there is an optimal way. <laughs> increasing, mo- incre- increasing protein synthesis. <laughs> 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 My favourite. All right. Okay. Spell let's that be for saucy us. over here. Um, there's an optimal way to increase muscle protein synthesis. But that doesn't mean that your metabolism depends on you eating every two hours. And it certainly doesn't mm. mean that your body goes, well, that was 40 grams of protein in one sitting. You can fuck off with the last 15 grams. It just exactly. doesn't work and like that. It's, that's an important point know, to make is that your body will still ingest that protein and use that protein. It's just, it, it hasn't like you say, protein synthesis, which is a, a, a more detailed subject. And the end point is basically in this course of a day or a week, it doesn't matter. Like what matters yeah. is protein intake and calorie intake and all that. So, yeah, yeah that's exactly. a great point to make, actually. The, the whole protein, you know, only ingesting a certain amount. I'm glad that we got well, that I in think, there, actually, because you know, that one was one that I kind of forgotten about, but it's important. Well, it, it, you know, it only sprung to mind because that, you know, the whole two to three hour thing. If you still speak to old school bodybuilders and stuff now, they will tell you that you have to eat every two to three hours. Or they'll have a lot of bodybuilders and a lot of people who could consider themselves bodybuilders are having like seven, eight meals a day. Mm. And it's, I understand, you know, again, in some cases, there's definitely the logic for it because obviously there's digestion comes into play with it and things, and that's another matter. But the ones that say you have to have a meal every two hours. Now, if you were on, let's say, 1500 calories, right? And you have to have a meal every two hours. How big are your meals going to be? It's going to be, they're going to yeah. be tiny. And it's just, you know, but because they're saying, well, you've got to have a meal every single two hours. And mm. I mean, some people, like I say, it, it's really, really great. And some people love to, you know, I, I don't like the term graze, but some people like to graze. They really like yeah. small meals often and they don't like the feeling of being like really full or maybe a small meal satiates them and they can continue that. Whereas other people, like a couple of large meals because they've got an incredibly busy schedule and it just fits in with their day better. Both of those, Precisely. right? Your caloric intake across the space of a day and your macronutrient profile across the space of a day may be identical. You still have the same thermic effect of food with two diets that are identical. There is no change in that because you've eaten the same thing across the space of 24 hours. Doesn't matter on the frequency of it. So it's, you know... People are really kind of majoring in the fact that they have to eat little and often in order to, to lose weight and in order to, to get the most out of their metabolism. But but really, if it works for you, great, do it. But it's not the be-all and end-all at all. Exactly. Um, I think coming back to the point, 
that you um, mentioned about busy schedules and sort of like meal timing in general. I um, let me put it this way: I am currently on. I'm a few weeks into uh, quite an extreme mini cut. Now, what this means is that I am essentially on poverty macros, um, aka love that, fuck all. Love that phrase. Um, (laughs) uh, thanks for that Sophie by the way Uh, you're so welcome Um, just to clarify Sophie is the one coaching me through this little mini cut Um, so yeah Uh, basically what that means is like I say I've got barely any calories to play with um, especially for uh, someone like myself now there is no way that I would be able to have meals throughout the day that would satisfy me if I was to break that up into even four meals or four or five or six meals. Um, What I like to do instead is I prefer to go the majority of the morning and even the day sometimes without food. What that then means is that I, the meals that I do have later on are much bigger and much more satisfying, not only in terms of the feeling in my stomach, but emotionally because they're enjoyable meals, and it means that I get to go to sleep satisfied. Now, I've been um, I've been someone who will sing the praises of intermittent fasting um, quite a bit. Not not for any specific reason. It's not it's not magical, but it's because it makes adhering to a cut for me so much easier. Because what happens is. If I start eating, I won't feel satisfied if it's just a small meal. And then I'll still be hungry, but then I'll have used up those calories. And then I'll be thinking about food. And then because I've ingested food, my I, I'm pretty sure my blood sugar will start sort of spiking. What happens when I skip breakfast or even lunch and I go throughout the day is my hunger stays actually it doesn't I don't it doesn't get worse. I don't get more hungry as the day gets on. It stays at a subtle level. And stays there, which Mm. is really nice because essentially I would rather be hungry for one section of the day but then get a nice big meal at the end of the day than be constantly hungry. And that's why it works for me. Um, Not only that, but I feel way more alert and awake and focused when I haven't ingested food. So for when I go to work and during the day, it's, it's brilliant. It also frees up time for me because I don't have to necessarily consistently be prepping food. Um, it frees up money because I then know that I can go without food. I don't have to panic and be like, oh, I've got to eat food now, otherwise I'm going to keel over and die. So it means that if I'm out, but I know I'm going to be home in a couple of hours, I can just be like, meh, I'll go without food. I can save some money, don't have to eat. Um, and I think this is the uh, same thing for um, when I'm out and I see people snacking on public transport and it really intrigues me because I do wonder like are you eating that because hey look if you want to great fine you know if it makes you happy sweet but you're out and you're you're traveling and are you eating that because you feel the need to consistently supply your body with energy or are you eating it maybe because you're genuinely ravenously hungry and you're like, I haven't eaten in two days because you don't know why that person's eating that thing. They, it might oh, be their absolutely. only time. They might have a super busy day and it's the only time that they get to eat some food. So if that's it, fine. 
But I do wonder, how many people are snacking yeah. because they feel they have to consistently provide their body with energy when actually they don't? That's a good point, actually, because I think if you if you pitch that to somebody on the tube, right? So say you walk past somebody on the tube who's eating the bag of crisps, right? And you went, why are you eating that? If they didn't turn around and go, oh, because I'm hungry, what would they say? Oh, because uh, a lot of the time I feel like it's just force of habit. Or if somebody just has something with them, they feel like they have to have it. So those kind of hunger cues and those like satiety cues kind of go out the window a little bit and it becomes a, well, I have to eat because it's been two hours or I have to eat because it's been this amount of time. Do you have to? Are you starving? Probably not. Mm. I don't know. It's an interesting one because, you know, it's, and they, they say, they say it stems from, you know, how you do it in childhood and stuff. And they say like, oh, if food's put in front of you, you just eat it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, a lot of people just go, oh, well, uh, there was a free lunch at work. I'd actually already had my lunch, but it's free lunch, so you, you don't turn that down. Are you hungry, though? Probably not. No. So it's mm. it, it's, an, it's an odd one. Like, I, not that I'm saying I would go up to somebody in the tube and go, excuse me, what are you eating them <laughs> for? <laughs> I might. I might start doing it. I might just. You I, can get away I'm with really it. I can't get I'm away really with it. I'm really tempted to start taking a poll. Like literally, I I ask people and see what their their response is, and then note yeah. it down. I would genuinely be fascinated, and not in a looking down I, upon I them way, it, but like, yeah, I, I'd be I'm interesting just... to find out if there's a majority, if there's a massive, if there's an overwhelming reason why people do it. Well, I tell you what, mate, you do that in London on the tube, and if I get in Newcastle on the metro, I'd probably get a black eye. So I'm not gonna bother. <laughs> Nah, fair. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be best pleased, to be fair, if you came up to me and asked me why I was eating certain food. Excuse me, what's that Kit Kat doing in your hand? Oh, <laughs> uh, cool. So, I mean, I, we, speaking about meal timings um, and just generally this this feel, this uh, incessant need for eating, um, I'm going to move on because it is vaguely related, but very vaguely, and it's a very small point. But number three is um, this: the not eating after 6pm. Who the fuck came up with that one, man? Honestly. It's interesting, oh. isn't it? It's fascinating. Like your body's about to one. go, oh, mate, thanks for the nutrients that you just gave me, but it's, uh, it's but after 6pm <laughs> and I'm just going to shut down all of my digestion yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and shuttle it magically to body fat storage. Um, which is, is fascinating. Uh, same thing, similar with, with eating before bed as well, because I feel like, well, hang on. If you're, you're, you're saying, by that, you're saying that your body still keeps... Your body still has to stay um, active in order to create the process that stores body fat. So what you're saying is, if I eat before bed, oh, it's going to be stored as body fat. Well, that, but, but, but your body has to go through a process for that to happen. So why does it keep the process of storing body fat but not digesting the food yeah. and putting it into energy and muscle growth yeah. and stuff like that? The, the, the logic doesn't make, like, it doesn't line up there for me. If your body is still active enough to create body fat, it is still active enough to digest food properly. Absolutely. It's like Surely. the equivalent of, like, out of hours, isn't it? It's like, oh, well... You've emailed me, um, but I'm only in the office from nine until five, so I'll pick this back up again at nine o'clock. 
That's yeah. the equivalent. Your body's of not like talking that. about eating after six. No, of course it's. If if it was like that, we'd drop dead at five o'clock. You know, and I, <laughs> I I totally I totally get the fact that, you know, they say eating before bed and stuff like that, and you go to sleep. Okay, so maybe you're not expending as much when you go to bed. I totally get that. But again, your body doesn't just go. Uh, you've swallowed it, but it's not going to go anywhere because you're not you're not going to use it. So I'm just going to store it as fat. Even yeah. when it gets stored as fat, that's stored as energy. You could therefore use that the following day. So it's not precisely. Gonna, you know what I mean? It's 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 still going to go somewhere. I think it and stems again, from this idea that that your body just stops at night. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I mean, sleep is still quite a mystery to even people that study it. But what we do know is that sleep is not a shutting down. It is a switching over to different processes. Um, So your body is still processing as you are sleeping. And that includes things like digestion and repair. So not eating after before bed or or before after a certain time doesn't make a, a difference. However, and this is important to note, it works for some people. Yes. Because just by giving themselves that cutoff, they end up eating less. If you say to my, if, if, if I say to myself, I'm not going to eat after 6 p.m., the likelihood is I'm probably going to start ingesting less calories than I was before, which is simple, which therefore equates to less calories going in, which means to somewhat of a lower body fat. That is why oh, for some people it really for, works. Yeah, there's like, certainly a place for it. Yeah. And if that it's works for one. you, absolutely great. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. But what we want to make clear is that it, there's nothing magical about stopping after six. It is just the fact that you are then ingesting less calories that creates that benefit. So Yeah, the myth we're, try- the myth we're trying to bust here is y- if you eat past 6 p.m., you are setting yourself up for fat gain. That, mm. is, that is the myth. If you eat past six o'clock... Well, you may as well kiss goodbye to that lovely tight waist that you're, you're trying to get for Malaga. No. The myth oh is, it's a load of shit. I can see it's where you're going, Malaga. I've never been to Malaga. Behave yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. Um, yeah. And also, there are some benefits. You know, eating uh, carbohydrates very close to um, or somewhat close to sleeping can actually help with sleep onset and the quality of sleep. So you've got to factor that in as well. You know, if you, um, we all love sleep and sleep is very useful for repairing. And especially if you're in, your diet, if you're in a dieting phase, if you, if you have a lack of sleep, you're more likely to feel hungry. So actually eating closer to bed, especially if you've got sleep issues, if you find it hard to drift off, might actually help you fall asleep and have a better quality of sleep. So this is why it's not so clear cut. Um, but yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's, that's that another covered. myth. And if there was anything you wanted Boom. to add, let's go on to the next I one think, uh, because yeah, this again is is I think one of your fields of speciality um, and is quite oh. an important one. So myth number four: eating sugar slash fat or any specific thing is what makes you fat. Great. Great myth. Great. <laughs> great, great, um, great myth. Essentially what we're saying here is that, and this is important, especially if you feel that you maybe have a not-so-healthy attitude towards certain foods, 
um, your body doesn't necessarily detect what you've just eaten and goes, okay, I'm going to store that as body fat. Um, we will harp home about this, but it is all about having an excess of calories. Um, no one specific thing causes you to gain weight. Simple as yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think that this is especially uh, important or prevalent it, when it comes to, you know, first of all, fat was the enemy because people were like, oh, fat, of course it makes you fat. It's the same word. It's no, it's it's different. But more so now the, the enemy has become sugar um, through something called the insulin hypothesis. Now, Sophie, like I say, this is, is one of your areas of expertise. Would you like to kind of, I guess, mention what this is and the idea behind why people feel that sugar supposedly just immediately makes you store fat? It would give me such great pleasure. So we, you know, as as Rob said, a lot of people, you know, it's it's collectively known as the insulin hypothesis. Now, to anybody that knows how bullshit this is, we call it the insulin fairy. So a lot Ooh. of people, oh, I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this one. Uh, so a lot of people believe, right, okay, so when you ingest carbohydrates or any food, but carbohydrates in particular, you spike insulin, okay? Insulin is a hormone that is released in response to carbohydrate consumption. Once blood glucose is raised, insulin is released in an attempt to reduce that blood glucose, Okay. Simple. Let's keep it really, really simple because I could really, really go on about this for quite a few hours. Yes, please, this is please do. <laughs> yeah. I'm only here Let's for an not... hour. Yeah, exactly. Let's not get the Geordie Robert on for too long. So, <laughs> insulin's released. Great. Blood glucose comes down. Great. Now, somewhere along the line, that got transcribed and translated to, oh, well, every time insulin's released, I gain fat. What? Since when? So they cut, you know, and it, I, it, a lot of it came off the back of uh, insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance and things. So within type 2 diabetics and with within obese populations, a lot of, well, they have, a lot of them have something known as insulin resistance. So insulin is continuously released, but it's not enough to reduce the blood glucose down. So we end up with a prolonged amount of blood glucose and more insulin gets released. And basically we don't get as effective at reducing blood glucose. And the more carbohydrates we like consume, the higher the blood glucose stays and yada, 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 all that stuff. And people are saying that, you know, prolonged insulin release and this continued insulin release and frequent insulin release leads to fat gain. That's bullshit. That is just bullshit, unfortunately. Um, sorry to disappoint, but it is simply mm. not true. So, and obviously coming off the back of the whole insulin thing, it boils down to carbs. So people are saying, obviously, prolonged insulin release. Oh my God, I keep releasing insulin. What's the best way to reduce my insulin release? Oh, I'm going to cut out carbs. I would be so miserable. I have a lot of, I mean, I, I honestly, I have, I have prepped so many times now and I have gone down to some really, really low carbs and people that do it out of choice, you deserve a large pat on the back and to be sectioned. I'm only joking. Oh, 
it's it, it's it's really really difficult to to hear someone say i'm gonna have to go low carb so that i don't release any insulin why would you want to do that you know insulin is there for a reason the body produces insulin mm. for a very good reason it wouldn't produce insulin as a mechanism of you gaining body fat you uh, it, it scares me a little bit that people think that insulin is there to make you look less aesthetic or to make you less yeah. productive like, and functional like as a it human was being. some sort of um joke like a instilled upon you by the universe or some greater creator yes. if you are into that sort of thing to be like do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make them release this stuff that makes them really self-conscious about themselves yeah it's like oh Just i know what fun. i'm really i know what's really gonna fuck them up a little bit they're gonna really hate the love handles they're gonna no of course not. <laughs> like, no. and it's you know what i mean the, the, and the, the, thing uh, that gets... the last plague that no one spoke about was love handles <laughs> and the, the thing that really gets me about this one is there's a lot of science that you could discuss regarding this and a lot of the time you can read articles and things and it reads very very well and it, you, you know mm. people go oh well i know insulin's a hormone i know it exists and i know that on carbohydrate consumption insulin is released so that is true and that you can piece it together quite well and it does read very very well and it does make a lot of sense but then it, it completely disregards again the laws of physics and energy, energy balance, balance i guess exactly Mm. And, so you know, what I was gonna sorry sorry to interject, but I feel like go, it go. segues quite nicely into um what would you say to someone who feels that they can gain fat even if they're in a deficit if they eat sugar? I would say one, where have you read that? And two at what point does your body flip the switch and say, oh, well, you've just consumed something that sugar, so it immediately goes to... Regardless, it immediately goes to fat. Why wouldn't you mm. then utilise that as energy? If I because was to I say think... to somebody, have a piece of fruit, and they go, well, I can't have fruit because that's sugar. Okay. Then have a vegetable. Like, why? why is that just so... Just the one, though. Just one, have a single, just the, just single the one stick of celery. I don't, you know, it's really hard for me to hear because it is a macronutrient at the end of the day. It's a carbohydrate and it's, it's so sad that it's been, you know, branded as something that is completely toxic. Again, yeah. it, it wouldn't exist if it didn't have a purpose. Well, I think the important thing to note here is, so if you are in a deficit and you know that for a fact because you're, you know, you're tracking or you, you know, you're steadily losing weight. If you ingest sugar, it's calories at the end of the day. Yeah. You're in a deficit, so you're going to be using that energy up. It's going to be used, like it's literally going to be used for it. The energy is going to be used for energy. Um, and your body doesn't just suddenly go... Let me put it this way. You have an amount of energy that your body will use up and will need to facilitate day-to-day -day processes. So breathing, moving, fidgeting, exercise, um, digestion. If you're using 
that energy up that you're ingesting, even just by those processes, then there's nothing to store. And at the end of the day, body fat is stored energy. So if you are in a deficit, your body can't store energy that it doesn't have to hand. Yep. This is kind of a, a simpler way of putting that if you know that you're in a deficit or even at maintenance and you eat, eat sugar, your body will use that energy up so it won't be stored as fat. And that's it's what matters at the end of the, of the day. It's not a flick of the switch, is it? You know? Like, your body doesn't just go, oh, well, that's sugar, so you're no longer in a deficit. Mm, exactly. No, no it's, you, you can't it's, it's, produce you body fat and stored energy when you don't have that energy to begin with. And I think that's yeah. kind of the, the crux of the of the matter um what about on a similar vein because because it's slightly linked and it's i think it's important to get out there is is this idea that uh, of sweeteners as well because obviously sweeteners have a bad rap in, in general from a lot of people some people are like oh they're the devil some people are like they're absolutely fine but when it comes specifically to um spiking insulin um i, I think we can both agree that all of the research that is out there shows that that doesn't happen. I think I remember reading just someone saying that they'd done a test on themselves to show that they, like, it it, it sort of spikes a bit. Um, but yeah, whether that's... Do. Right. You know, but, but you know, but it, again, it comes down to caloric content. So there are certain sure. sweeteners that have very, very little caloric value. And there are sweeteners that are still just alternatives to sugar and still have a carbohydrate level and are still a carbohydrate and can therefore still have a glycosemic index which is the amount of which it impacts blood glucose it can still have a glycosemic index high enough to spike blood glucose and to spike insulin sure but you know not every sweetener is is the same you know we have like sucralose and things like that you know, five grams of sucralose is not the equivalent to five grams of sucrose. So mm. they're not going to spike blood glucose and spike insulin exactly the same. And they aren't equally weighted calorically. Exactly. You know? so, and, and coming back to this crux, even if they did, if you're still in a deficit, you won't store that. Like, exactly. Basically... A spike in insulin does not automatically mean that you will never burn fat again or that you will suddenly gain five pounds on your ass. Um, it's not It's not as clear-cut as that. It's calories still matter off. at the end of the day. I'd be fucked. I don't think I'd mind a bit of, bit of a booty gain, to be honest. I mean... Oh, yeah? I got enough. I Seriously, it's the one I thing on me that, fuck it, got, that, that grows. You've got a lovely peachy ass. Oh, it's lovely. Cheers, so darling nice. <laughs> <laughs> so swiftly moving on for Got that carried I away think <laughs> that's a great point to swiftly move on to our last uh point so we can wrap up and that is this whole idea that um if i just eat clean and exercise then i will end up in the shape of my dreams or i will lose body fat or tone up because that always comes hand in hand um and that by just labelling myself someone who eats clean uh, and then just doing some exercise, that will magically uh, give me the shape that I want. I um, have one comment and one comment only. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Define clean eating. 
Yes, I think that's the important thing here because this starts to go into way more than just oh, what's clean food and that. This this becomes very psychological um, yes. and is why people have there are people out there who have a very um, unhealthy relationship with food is because this whole clean versus dirty like what is it yes there are better choices there are more nu more um, nutrient dense foods for sure foods that have higher uh, fiber in them which will help you you know uh, feel fuller and provide the benefits that fiber does have they are more nutrient dense however one person's clean clean quotes is another person's yeah that's all right or another person's yeah. dirty um, I think like you say it's very important like why do you define that as clean what's exactly what do you mean by Where, that at, at what point did did someone go well these foods right here are so far away from being clean and to, sometimes to the extent where they've been processed like a minimal amount so for example like frozen fruit well that's not clean what 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 like I mean processed products they're saying oh well I'm not going to have processed products this could be like right an extreme so uh, a jar of homemade pasta sauce a chocolate bar and an avocado that is in modified atmosphere packaging Def rate these as clean on a scale and they're doing so based on the amount of processing that they've received right I don't really I don't really understand where the line is drawn on what is clean and what is dirty. I, th it's, I don't think anybody so understands vague it. terms, aren't they? Yeah, I don't think anybody really knows what is clean anymore. Like, mm. you speak to a lot of people, and I like to use the term whole foods. That's a term that I use often, and I, th I think personally it's a safe term. Vast majority right. of foods that I consume are whole foods. That Quick definition? Is like like raw ingredients so like chicken breast vegetables raw foods whole foods complete foods like um like raw like i say raw materials rather gotcha. than labeling them as clean or dirty because if i say whole foods in my mind i'm thinking the basics the the ingredients that are required to make something else now if i sure. made a pasta sauce out of raw foods slash whole foods, tomatoes, da, 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 all this stuff, and my end product is a pasta sauce, is that pasta sauce then dirty and therefore not a whole food? It's a it's a proper mm. head fuck because it, it really does make you question where the line gets drawn. You put two things in front of somebody and you say, I made this chocolate bar myself it's all homemade it's all made from scratch and it could contain exactly the same ingredients as that of a store-bought chocolate bar tell me which one's cleaner yeah you can't i think the other way that uh the whole clean and dirty thing is used as well is um in people trying to express this is very calorie dense and probably less nutrient dense whereas this one has lower calories but has a lot of nutrients and we understand that the thing that we're i think trying to focus on 
here is this idea that, again, if you ingest something that you have labelled as dirty, your body will suddenly go, ah, I, I, feel, I feel pizza. Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to um, uh, punish you by storing body fat. At the end of the yes. day, I, f- I feel like you're... I don't feel like, I know. Your body cares about energy. Like, can it break that food down for energy, a.k.a. calories? And then, yes, does that thing have nutrients in it that I can then use? Now, the important thing for me um, when it comes to this subject is that, again, if you're trying to uh, maintain a weight or, or gain weight or even or, or lose weight, is that, again, because it comes down to caloric intake, you can still overeat on clean foods or what you would oh, label as clean foods. More Similarly, so than you'd ever imagine. You could still undereat on dirty foods. You know how you get those people who seemingly can, again, in quotes, eat whatever they want and get away with it. What you don't know is is how much they're eating in a day or a week. You might see them absolutely pig out at a, at a meal, at a dinner, but for the rest of the day, they might not really eat or they might move around a lot. Like, it's not, it's not a clean versus dirty thing. It is, um, you, like I say, you can still overconsume good foods, which isn't a bad thing. Like, if you're just like, hey, I don't care about my weight and I'm eating loads of good, healthy foods because I nourish my body and I provide that energy, absolutely sweet. But similarly, yeah, you can yeah, still absolutely. eat nothing but chips and fucking sausages and you could lose weight on that. And people cannot, absolutely cannot get their head around that. When I say to people, like, you could eat a pizza a day and you could lose weight. If that pizza was your only thing you ate a day, you'd probably lose weight. You'd feel shit, you'd look like shit, and you'd probably be hungry a lot of the other time, but you would still lose weight. And that's where, you know, that's where the debate comes into it, isn't it? Because you see a lot of people, when they diet, they choose to have more of these quote-unquote clean foods or these, you know, these whole foods. And... The reason they're doing that is because it it satiates them. It's not a case of, oh, I'm going to eat these foods because I need to stay I need to stay eating clean foods. No, I'm I'm eating these foods because they provide a lot of volume. They're not as calorically dense as something like a, well, something that's quote unquote dirty, like like a pizza, for example. For right, let's say for example, a pizza is a thousand calories. For a thousand calories you could have a greater volume of food That's that a lot is of less calorie dense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, let's look at the volume of the stomach. The, let's say the pizza takes up 15% of the stomach. The other foods that you've eaten that are a lot less calorically dense and provide greater volume are going to fill you up more and therefore you're going to be likely more satiated and less likely to deviate. And therefore Precisely. you've adhered to your diet and you drop more weight and you become leaner and you have achieved what you wanted to achieve. But there are some people who can't do that. They can't adhere to something where they only eat chicken and veg for a meal. And that's absolutely fine. And sometimes they need to have the odd thing here and there. Okay, cool. I have a protein bar a day. 
once a week I account for a pizza and you can still continue to drop food because your energy balance across the space of the week is still in a deficit. And that's okay. Precisely. Nobody is going to tell you off for being <laughs> clever enough with your macros and clever enough with your food to account for a pizza. You've done the work and you've worked out the best way to do that. And that is okay. Yeah. I think what you said earlier about, um, you know, what typically comes with eating what people would dictate is clean. That, that so by, e by eating whole foods and things that we would, we would say are clean or nutritious foods, it just so happens that there's a lot of benefits that come along with eating that food. Like you say, Sophie, food volume, which is very important when you're on lower calories. You know, you want to fill, fill your stomach up. It's also, again, keeping your nutrient intake higher so you don't feel like a bag of smashed crabs. But it's also things like... Crabs. It's a personal favourite of mine. Um, I love that. It's also things like fibre intake and protein, which are more satisfying than yeah. sugar and, and ice cream. So, yes, we're not saying that, like, eating well and eating nutrient-dense foods and quote-unquote clean won't help. It, it will, but what happens is that it's a natural byproduct that you end up eating less calories and it makes adhering to that easier because you come away feeling full and satisfied. Now, the one yeah. note that I would add is that it is also important to include foods when you are dieting down or if you want to lose weight that are what I like to call emotionally satisfying. So in oh, my yeah. eyes, you have the physically satisfying, no, the not satisfying, you have the, yeah, you have the physically satisfying foods. So again, lots of fiber, loads of veg, stuff that fills you up, that's like, yes. you know, volume. Anatomically, volume, anatomically volume fill dense, you up. Yeah, anatomically fill you up. But then yeah. you also, and, and an important part of this, especially for people who don't need to get super lean, but just want to, you know, trim up a bit is the emotionally fulfilling or satisfying foods. So that is that little bit of, you know, chocolate. That is um, a, a bit of cheese maybe or yeah. just a treat. And, and I know that if, if I'm too strict, if I have just like nothing but veg and the, the, the quote-unquote bland foods, yes, I will feel physically fuller. God, am I just miserable. fucking fed up? And I'm more yeah, exactly. than likely to then go and binge or want that stuff that I, 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 I've, you know, supposedly told myself that I can't have. That's it's why that it's important. Between physiological and psychological, isn't it? Because yeah. it's all well and good having on paper. You eat this meal, chicken and veg, fish and veg, four times a day. Of course, you're going to be in a large deficit. Can you? psychologically adhere to that and if you do that for four days and you get to day five and go i am ready to launch this tupperware across the room i'm gonna <laughs> go and binge it on something that i really shouldn't do you've just outdone a week's deficit and you've outdone those four days of adherence and you've probably cursed every fish in the sea after your, your fifth meal of cotton cotton green beans why did you do it oh, if you could yeah if you could have added in bit of dark chocolate here oh i could have had porridge here i could have had this in here and you get to the end of the week and go i've had a really successful week i'm going to do it again next week you've cut out this day where you've knocked yourself into a surplus and you remain in a deficit and continue to lose weight exactly and you are it just makes it successfully adhering it makes it bearable it makes it almost to a point enjoyable like i have no issues with going on an extreme cut these days um 
or going on any cut because now that I know that I can include those foods, as long as I plan appropriately, I'm good. And especially with that, with the mixture of, um, you know, not having to eat a certain amount of meals per day, cutting is a piece of piss for me now. I think the key point here is to realize that for anyone listening, if you are to embark, especially on any weight loss program, whether that's to to get to a specific goal or whether just to lose a few pounds because you're like for for health reasons, maybe, or because you just want to, which is absolutely fine, by the way, just saying it's okay to want to lose a bit of body fat. I know that some people are sort of demonizing it. Um, yeah. It is important to include foods that satisfy you both physically and mentally because that is the best way that you will end up being able to stick to that plan. Um, and it means that if you are able to stick to it longer for longer, then you are more likely to see the results that you want. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Couldn't have said about Lovely stuff. So... I think that's all of our all of our myths that we wanted to speak shall about. We, shall like shall say, we recap them just to make yes, sure that let's, everybody knows. And, and just, yeah, let's maybe recap. like a key thing. So the first one was toning. Toning. If I hear anyone mention this phrase ever again, I'm going to give them a slap. It might be more of an emotional slap because, you know, <laughs> we don't want to be physically assaulting people. But still... I will I look just, at you I'll just in give a them disagreeing the link to this podcast. Maybe do that. That would be useful. Yeah, I will just look podcast. at them really uh, disagreeingly. Maybe a slight tut and a sigh, and then I walk away. And that 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 will burn. That will burn into their very soul for the rest of their life. So, so yeah, toning. It's not a thing. Muscles grow. They shrink. The toned look is a combination of both uh, gaining muscle underneath and losing, stripping away body fat on top. Number two. Perfect. Was myth eating busted. every Myth busted. Bam. <clears throat> um, mm. Eating every two to three hours uh, to increase your metabolism and anything around um, that whole thing of needing to continuously eat. You don't need to. What matters is total intake, not even over the course of a day, but over the course of a week. Um, don't panic about feeling like you need energy. If you know that you, you, know, you could go without food for a little bit longer in terms of, oh, I feel a bit hungry, but I'm going to be home in an hour, and you want to save money, you want to save yourself some sanity, then go for it. You're not going to waste away because you went out without food with a, for a couple of hours. Um, exactly. And it, eating every two to three hours will do nothing for your metabolism. Exactly. That's myth number two. Myth busted. Myth busted. Number three. I feel, I feel like I need a... Uh, hang on a minute. Hang on uh, a minute. I got it. Wait. Oh, God. Oh, this is oh going to be fucking brilliant. Um... Oh, I can't find it. No, here we oh. go. Got it. Oh, I hope this works for you. Ready? Myth busted. Yes. No myth! <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh. Okay, I'm, number sorry three. Sorry to anyone if that blew your eardrums, but I, because I, I hadn't tested how loud a, that was going to be, but I'll, I'll that promise was to make amazing. it quite loud. Myth number three, um, which kind of links onto what we were just talking about. Not eating after 6 p.m. It doesn't yeah. matter. Your body won't suddenly magically store body fat or anything um eat whenever works for you um again total caloric intake is is what matters at the end of the day exactly are we You're calling that busted s- absolutely myth busted <laughs> boom 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 brap 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 number four i'm gonna take the lead on this right. one because this is All my right, jam eating sugar or fat is gonna make you fat 
Guess what? It comes down to energy balance. It's caloric intake. Myth. <laughs> Myth. Busted. Perfect. And then the last one, which again is a personal favourite, is if oh. I just eat, quote unquote, clean and exercise, then... I will suddenly appear in this majestic form that is my muscular, lean, ripped self. Afraid oh, not, you still have it's to make sure balance. that calorie balance. Hey! Myth! Busted! Okay, we've really exhausted the horn now. What we're, trying it's, it's... To say, what we're trying to do here is just say everything that we've said. We hope we've given enough information to say that they're not true and don't take them at face value. Do your research yeah. and bust some of your own myths as well, you know? Oh, I like that. Just bust your own myths. Bust some of your bust your own myths. If you do have another myth that you think, oh, these guys didn't talk about it, send it in. Send it Definitely. in. And we Definitely. And we would be more than happy to smack that horn and bust some more myths. <laughs> Rob, where's the horn? <laughs> oh, I where's don't have my phone now, for fuck's Wait, sake. Oh, where's the horn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's it's so it's so G, you know. It's so G. It's I so think, G. Oh my god, I can't. Um, echoing what Sophie said, like we're making light of this, and but honestly, some of this stuff, if you um, can get your head around, um, you know, it's it's game changing. It makes your life a lot simpler, and you don't have to worry so much about all of that sort of minutia um so yeah yeah i i think i think that's uh hopefully we've provided you with some stuff to take away something that will make your life easier and it means that you know if you hear this stuff mentioned you can just be like hey look it doesn't matter um and i think that's what we're here to do is to simplify things for you so that you can get on with the stuff that really really matters and we want to reiterate as well, you're not stupid for believing it because the way that it's it's out there for you to read is incredibly clever and it's incredibly believable. We fell for it and here we are sitting slating it, absolutely slating it. It's not your fault if you've read it and you've believed it at some point and we're not saying you're stupid. We're giving you this information for you to really think about it and make your minds upon it, you know? We're giving you the black and white. We're giving you the science. And we're telling you it's not true. It's there for you to read. And it's you're going to see it in Cosmopolitan magazine. In years and years to come. Because there are some people who still believe that. And you know what? That's okay. Let them crack on. But rest assured, because you listen to the Platts, Beans and PB's podcast, you know that it's bullshit. And you can press your own horn and say myth busted. Exactly. Press your own horn press your own horn so i think that's a great place to wrap up um i want to thank you if you have stuck with us for this past nigh on an hour or so um hopefully you found some stuff useful uh chuck us a chuck us a message if there's anything you would like us to to talk about um yeah really appreciate there yeah. oh words mm. really, really appreciate, appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's been a it's been a long hour jesus yeah, <laughs> didn't know one could last that long. <laughs> hey, no, that's what she no said. absolutely not. Uh, Rob, where can they find you on Instagram? They can find me on Instagram at FTA Fitness. And where can they find you, Sophie? 
You can find me at Platts underscore PBs. That is P-L-A-I-T-S underscore P-B-S. I am the bronzed goddess pulling a pose on stage. So you really can't confuse me with anybody else. And there you go. Like I said, thanks for having, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, thank you so Sophie much, for the everybody. chat. And uh, we will see you next time on the Platts, Beans and PBs podcast. Take care. Goodbye.